following program may contain coarse language, suggested dialogue, and discussion of violent imagery and sexual situations. It is intended for mature listeners who can tell the difference between facts and opinions. Questioning authority on this episode of the Toonami Faithful Podcast. I am your host, Sketch, and with me, I have... The founder of ToonamiFaithful.com, Pop Scroll. And... Black by popular man on Black History Month, ASMRI Derail Maddox. Well, now I gotta get this podcast out before the end of the month. <laughs> yep, you're screwed. I like to give motivation when I can. <laughs> Is that what that is? Is that what that is? A returning guest. I can say this because somebody else finally did. Uh, Toonami Faithful OG Duelist, or you may know me as Heart of Sword 75 across the internet. Yes, and he hasn't been on one of our podcasts in about two years. Life, sir. That is the best I can say. Yeah, I understand. It also helps when there's actually a show he wants to talk about. This certainly doesn't hurt. Yeah. <laughs> and that show will be Ninja Kamui. And then uh, later in this podcast, I hope to have a rousing discussion about Licorice Recoil with uh, Laser Kid and returning guest Amp Ren. Uh, hopefully that happens because it hasn't been recorded yet. <laughs> but yeah, we we got two episodes of Ninja Kamui to talk about, episodes two and three. So uh, let us not belabor the point and uh, get right into it. Episode two. Uh, we 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 start off with uh, Joe Hegan's revenge tour, which. Uh, first, he's got to get some information out of the the guy who killed his wife and kid, uh, which involves a lot of stabby stabby. Uh, he doesn't actually get any information out of him. <laughs> he just he just stabs him and then eventually lights him on fire. But before he can manage that, he's got to uh, you know deal with his heavy amount of bodily damage and there's this great doctor character who i hope is gonna show up again and uh he has a lot of cats so like you're always beat up whenever i see you. it's like well you're a doctor what do you expect uh so once he patches him up and makes some commentary about like never use that technique again you know that kind of thing and then he says wait a minute you should already be dead and we're all like yeah he probably should be, but man, literally too angry to die. So, yeah, he uh, he he goes from place to place, and I gotta say, these the scenery that we see in this episode is just beautiful, just great scenery. Love it. And then he shows up at some bar where there's some genuine pigs extorting the the bartender and. Uh, he he uh he doesn't cause a fight, but he certainly ends one. <laughs> yeah, 
those 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 guys suck. Let's talk about those cops for a minute. Anybody else want to talk about those cops? About how they was hiding shit, trying to make things go away. Oh no, that uh, that's the other angle with the cops. Yeah, uh, Mike Morris's superiors want him off the case. He's just days away from retirement. You know that old cliche. Look here, sometimes it's just best to mind the business that pays you, man. You about to fucking retire. Just let the shit be. Yeah, he doesn't sit well with that. Uh, meanwhile, his partner is trying to solve crimes using VR. <laughs> you could say that she's a VR trooper. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I understood that reference. Uh... <laughs> Anybody else notice that this girl is using meta's bullshit of vr yeah but it's alza alza's the stand-in for meta facebook slash amazon slash any major corporate entity you, you know for now <laughs> for for now i'm sorry man but just listening to that name man i'm just like you put two and two together and then you already know who was fucking goddamn evil corporation in this goddamn anime man yeah <laughs> The opening narration bit of this episode where the old ninja master is talking about how like, we will not share our techniques. Now we will share our techniques with the rest of the world because there is a greater power at work. Oh boy, it's capitalism. <laughs> There's no social commentary in here at all. Uh, uh, Politics so in my anime? Yeah. What is this, Gundam? <laughs> no. Uh, so, Hegon reaches out to Mike Morris via phone call with one of his many, 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 many burner phones. <laughs> and uh, they, Mike tries to get Emma to trace the call, but he immediately breaks the phone right after. He's like, okay, okay. <laughs> where, where do you want to meet up? So they meet up at this uh, Chinese restaurant uh, that uh, is not very busy. <laughs> the the dinner rush is uh, not 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 so much rush. <laughs> and then we get, okay, well it's not every day that you, you that you get a uh, like uh, Grubhub ninjas <laughs> door dashing in. <laughs> For your Uber Eats, I, uh, I I I like that. I I can't think of another anime that has had like a door dasher appear in it. Can, can any of you guys? I don't I don't think that's been a thing. <laughs> I mean, obviously, probably not that uh, common in Japan yet, but I don't, I don't know. Nothing specifically comes to mind at any rate. Yeah. I mean, obviously, Amazon-ish delivery is all over anime these days. But, uh, yeah, not not so much not, not so much DoorDash <laughs> or Grubhub. Which came first? I don't know. Uber Eats definitely didn't come first. <laughs> but, yeah, uh, Ninja... <laughs> I just love that bit where he's like trying to interrogate Keegan, who's not really giving him any information. 
every now and then a guy shows up at the door to pick up an order. So two guys show up to pick up orders. And then there's a third guy. And he's like, just get it. It's on the table. You look over. The guy's just standing there. There's no food on the table. Uh-oh. Somebody ordered a smackdown. And then they fight. They ninja fight. And uh, I, I can't tell if he, he did like shadow clone or if there was always two guys there or or something but he gone did a technique to grab uh to make a bunch of extra arms and it was a cool fight i i like that this show keeps coming up with interesting scenarios for fights to occur <laughs> gotta give it credit for that should i just just continue describing things before anybody chimes in here. That's in summary episode two. So episode three, uh, even though it seems like it's going to be the typical uh, cop tries to arrest the protagonist, doesn't succeed, they have a very difficult relationship. They don't really work together, that sort of thing. No, they're actually working together because um, Mike Morris realizes that he's not going to get any assistance from uh, the FBI or anybody else in authority. So he and Emma start working with Hegon to try and figure some things out. And uh, <laughs> Hegon and Mike share a drink. It, it it wasn't booze. No, it was a goddamn power drink, man. And to be honest with you, and a drink drink, man, I would have been pissed off too, man. Do not offer me something out of flask and it's not alcohol. <laughs> Who the fuck does that, man? That is just fucking rude and childish. It makes me wonder if uh, the, the flask that his wife was drinking earlier had an energy drink in it, but I, I can I can only guess I what... Doubt it. Yeah, yeah, she was definitely drinking booze. <laughs> she definitely seems like she was drinking booze. Uh, but but he gone the the thing he's obviously drinking is power thirst. Am I right? It was uncomfortably energetic. Yeah, uncomfortably no. energetic. Yes, <laughs> with uh, new flavors like gun <laughs> and blood of my enemies. Yeah, oh, uh, that's the other thing he drinks, right? It's a Durrell special. <laughs> it's like, I'll never understand No, he could not handle a Durrell special, dude. He would be on the floor. Oh, no. You got to remember, Jose took charcoal pills to do the uh, Black Lagoon drinking game with me. That's... I didn't remember that detail. That is... Uh... <laughs> we, don't, we don't talk oh, about those things. No, no, no. Jose actually told me, he was like, I'm getting charcoal pills so that I can actually do the drinking game with you. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Well, okay then. Uh, Mike also brings a duck from the restaurant. I appreciate that. Uh, we we had cats in the second episode, and we have a duck in the third. And I I hope both the cats and the duck return because I like animals. Not 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 that way. Don't don't no no. <laughs> Don't don't go there. Um, apparently, Emma has rigged a uh, VW Beetle with a whole lot of computer tech. 
which is pretty cool. It's a, a bit cramped for doing uh, all the research in it, though. And uh, surprise, surprise, Alza is a very shady organization that tends to uh, eliminate anybody who doesn't want to do business with them. And they probably hire Ninja to do it. Oh, yeah. The very start of this episode, we see uh, an assassination of some political figure by, uh, well, it's, it's just 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 a giant head with, with t- tiny arms and legs. That guy, uh... Possibly... He's like, uh, he's, uh, he's, he's like, uh, Hannibal Lecter slash Modoc. Because <laughs> he, uh, mm, yeah. <laughs> he's a character, that's for sure. He is a character. Well, did he have his liver with a nice can of fava beans? Yeah. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just saying, he's, he's, he's enjoying nice meals. He's, you know, he's just got a way about him. There's apparently a whole council of evil ninja that we see in the preview for the next episode. It looks like a, a fun group of characters. And the Reaper, we finally see the Reaper who was name dropped in the first episode. Uh, he's going around killing other uh, ninja that uh, defected at, at one point or another. Though it is implied that a lot of the ninja are defecting because the organization started working with uh, foreign parties. I mean, Again. I get it, man. You don't want outside influences on, you know, traditions, man. Seriously. It fucks mm. up everything. Trust me. I mean, I get that tradition is like, you know, holding on to certain things in the past, but when you let an outside influence like that come in, man, things get changed and it dilutes, like, it dilutes everything and you lose a lot of um, value in, you know, what was unique to your culture. Mm-hmm. So, uh, one, the guy who apparently trained the Reaper how to fight at one point or another uh, made a point of saying that, hey, you couldn't kill Hegon, which shows that those of us who follow the old ways will defeat you, or some shit like, oh, well, <laughs> Hegon's been lucky so far. We'll, he'll probably continue to be lucky since he's the protagonist, but uh, yeah. <laughs> and, well, uh, you got a little plot armor, man. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Mike had literal plot armor in the previous episode when he got slashed by one of the weapons. He's like, dang, man, this cut through my armor. <laughs> kind of alien crap is this? He looks up. Oh, Alza. Yep, Alza. <laughs> Four boating. And, yeah, it's it's not just that Alza is uh, being manipulated by the ninja organization. No, no, they're, uh, they're, they're clearly into some global conquest crap. And uh, also, it's very important for them to test their weapons, which is uh, apparently how the uh, Chinese restaurant went boom. Yeah. Oh, and the police tried to cover that one up, too, saying that it was some kind of uh, money laundering scheme that involved a gang war oh yeah oh yeah that 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 white officer being like "Mm mm-hmm well that's how they normally do it 
<laughs> you know, in the bad neighborhoods. Oh, yeah, it was just a uh, money laundering gang wars. Yeah, we gotta love that southern fried gentrification. Uh, yeah, for real. Uh, and the fight in the third episode uh, starts off with the car getting attacked, and Hegon has to fight a Vega-looking guy with a mask with a smiley face. <laughs> some some great teeth on that mask. <laughs> and then he takes a guy out, and then you know he's intentionally looking at the camera like, you're next. Ah, uh, yeah. Good stuff. Good stuff. I would say that the third episode has enthralled me the most. I am I mean, enjoying it. I guess it passes the three-episode rule, then. Ha-ha! <laughs> it did. It did indeed. I don't know. <laughs> Something about that first episode just didn't sit well with me. It was probably just the music choice. That, that certainly was a music placement choice, I will say. Yeah, but but in episodes two and three, we had some bangers, which is great. And I love the opening. Like, so I feel great. like you could have made a lot of alternative music choices for that scene that would have been less awkward than, like, a cheery-sounding alternative rock. Is that a good way to... Yeah, like, 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 I don't know. Give me like a, you know, dollar store run the jewels song or something. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I I feel like they uh, succeeded in that in the the next two episodes. (laughs) Give me that. Uh, Where's the soundtrack? (laughs) Give to me. I know that the the openings available on uh, Spotify and YouTube, but I don't think any of the other songs are necessarily available unless the individual artists release them. I don't know. But yeah. you know, that reminds me, I think at some point I bought the Black Lotus soundtrack. I wonder if that got ripped from whatever I uh, bought it. On. No, I don't think that would have, but I suppose it's worth checking. I also bought that. <laughs> That's a good album. <laughs> good variety. It, it it should never be said that Toonami originals lack worthwhile music selections. Oh, there isn't. <laughs> Say what you will about the FLCL uh, spinoffs or what have you, but the music is a consistent good. <clears throat> yes. But let's not wander too far off topic here. No, let's not do that. So, Paul, what's uh, what have you been thinking about regarding these episodes? I like blood. And there's plenty of that. <laughs> um, I wonder where did this? Where does this? duck gone has he been eaten or is he still around i think he's still alive you know the 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 funniest part about episode three though i guess it's not it's not really funny but it's like if 
if he doesn't show up anymore in this series, you kind of go, well, what the hell was the point of this dude? You know, he, he leaves, he leaves the, the guy behind being attended to by ambulance workers. And you're sitting there going, okay, aren't you going to go get him? <laughs> like, aren't you going to take him somewhere and get healed? Like you were healed. Like, what are we doing here? Uh, well, yeah, uh, I, I guess he figures that, uh, it like an injured FBI agent will be attended to. Right. But, and he, yeah. can come up with, he could probably come up with excuses too, but yeah, I, I, I think Hegan's just looking out for numero uno. Hmm. Because he, he can't get caught by the authorities. <laughs> Though good luck trying to catch him. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, him and his, uh, what, six other arms? <laughs> that's, that's a pretty good trick. Shadow clone jutsu. I appreciate the uh, the variety of ninja techniques that have been shown so far, and I imagine that it will only get cooler from this point onward. By the way, the now that we, I mean, I know we were joking about this, but now that I think about it, yeah, they're they're making it out like. Obviously, it's not Facebook in the series, but you're you're basically hinting that this is Facebook is the evil empire. So that mm-hmm. that's that's interesting. Um, it's also interesting that you know. I thought the evil empire was Sony. <laughs> <laughs> the evil empire. <laughs> um, there are many evil empires. Uh-huh. Anyways, um, but yeah, we're shilling for one right now. <laughs> This is Sketch losing his mind, by the way. Um, so you have the evil boss, so to speak. You know, he's sitting over there like, hey, um, by the way, don't don't send your FBI guys over there because I'm going to chop your fucking face off. Oh, so, that wasn't the that wasn't the FBI guys. That was uh, no, that no, was, I, I, I know. I'm talking about that was I was a paramilitary. Yeah. So. I found that fun. It's like we had to test the weapons, you know, testing the weapons is good for yeah. everyone. Yeah. Hold that again. Okay. I mean, are like the whole you? time during this conversation, man, dude, like literally the um, head ninja in charge, literally is just saying nothing at all to this dude. And this dude just like gets shook the whole time. And then at the end of it, don't ever do that again. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, dude was about to wet itself, man. I mean, like, I hate nerdy types like that, man, for that simple fact. Like, dude, if you're going to do it, man, have some dang gone Weibos and Hojos to do this, man. You better talk back to him. I don't give a damn if somebody can kill me, man. I'm going to talk my shit like, look here. I needed to test this out. What the fuck you going to do about it? You getting paid. Look here, you kill me. Guess what? You lose all that monetary resources that I have. So just sit back, let me do what I need to do this time, collect the data, we cool on this next time, I'll holler at you and shoot your text. By yeah, way, that text. didn't work out so well for Baxter Stockman in the 2003 Ninja Turtles, but... That was Ninja Turtles. <laughs> yes, it was. And also, uh, Baxter didn't have no money, man. He was broke. Uh, that's true. He that was is relying. true. That is he, true. Was, he, he had no 
he had no sway really at all. Exactly, man. You gotta look at it, man. This is a little four hours. Money talks. Right <laughs> look at this little four hours that actually got money, man. So he actually does have a little bit of equal footing, man. And apparently only... an arc reactor. Yep. Iron yeah. man. It's just he's just he's just Iron Man running Amazon. Mm-hmm. With a dash of metaverse. Well, actually we're just gonna call him the tungsten gentleman. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if this guy gradually, like, grows a backbone. <laughs> but maybe he never will. Off. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. By the way, I, I will agree with you, Sketch. Like, I, I was not, like... I understand that we're trying to give... What's his name again? Um... Egon. Egon. Yeah, I thought that was yeah. Okay, so I wasn't wrong. I I, his name is Joe, it's, and also Egon. Yeah, so it's Joe or Egon or whatever. Um, I find it funny because we had a boxing anime with a Joe in it, but I digress. Um, <laughs> so I, I get why they keep showing his wife and his son, but I'm sitting there going, okay. Can yes. We, can we can we can we stop yeah. showing the wife's neck getting stabbed? That yes. it's been like five times and he's thrown up thinking about it twice. And we get it. I understand that you're trying to give him like hey I have trauma because of all this bullshit. This is why I'm doing what I'm doing. I understand that, but it's like okay. We're good. By the way, thank you for not showing the kid getting stabbed. That that would have been bad. That would have yeah, been, really been gratuitous. By the way, I think it was in no, it was in episode two where um he's getting healed by that doctor. And yeah. he's like, Oh, that because he, he rolled him over on it on onto his stomach and he was looking at his back and he's like, Oh, that shot right there should have should have killed you. Seems like you got lucky there. Or so, and I think the line was, or somebody was trying to keep you alive, or something, along those lines. And I'm like, hmm. oh, that's an interesting thing. Was that one ninja ninja that stabbed him, like, doing that on purpose so that it seemed like he was dead, but he wasn't? Yeah, yeah. Like maybe the first needle was intended to stop his heart. Well, and maybe maybe the some of those ninjas aren't like completely behind what's going on, so they're they want him to succeed. So th- I, I think I, I think that part is gonna be a little bit interesting to see if maybe they play on that a little bit to why like maybe not necessarily the whole stabbing thing, but more of like why is he still alive? Why didn't they why weren't they able to do a killing blow so to speak because obviously they've done this to all the rest of them but and i get it the police showed up way sooner than you know the that other. is suspicious yeah but but you know what i'm saying like that that's a little weird that not only did the police show up sooner like they knew that something was going down but number two there's the possibility that they kept somebody kept him alive and mm. That's going to be interesting to see down the road in these episodes. What's going on with that? I mean, nobody chopped his head off. That seems to be the uh, mo. Yeah. Well, you know what? Now that you mention it, 
Yeah, they did um, throw needles into his throat, and I'm looking at it now. There are points um, in your arteries, man, where you can actually hit those pressure points with needles, and you can actually stop the heart beating. But the thing is, I, I well, I know I've seen episode four um, as well, but I'm not gonna say anything. But now that Paul has a pretty good theory there, like if they did hit those little points, man, in his neck, you can actually stop the heart and make it seem like someone's dead. So yeah, that's actually plausible. So it may be some people within the organization, man, that mm-hmm. want him to succeed, like Paul said. And this is me speaking from a um, medical point of view, man. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. The plot thickens. Yeah. So far, good good stuff. I got some commentary from Kuro, who wasn't able to join us. Uh, So here we go. Really enjoying the progression of Nijikamui past two episodes. There is a nice balance of plot development and action. The scenes where Joe is fighting in the diner in episode two and on the rooftop in episode three were absolutely riveting. He is a complete badass and does not disappoint in his ruthless pursuit of justice for his family. I also enjoyed how the music complements everything. From the opening sequence to the fight scene with the hip-hop music to the sweet and sorrowful tune of the ending, which serves as a tragic reminder of Joe's painful loss. I'd also like to add the eclectic music doesn't surprise me with DeMarco's influence. The developing relationship between Joe and the two cops is interesting. Rather than to have them serve as a foil, they are temporary allies, though Mike strikes me as a very principled and unlikely to condone Joe's murderous rampage at the end. It'll be interesting to see. Yeah, I I don't think uh, Mike is ever gonna be like, okay, Joe, do what you gotta do. <laughs> it's it's kind of more like, okay, Joe, I'm just not gonna think about what you're doing right now. <laughs> <laughs> but he's, he's pretty uh, hell-bent on uh Arresting a lot of his superiors <laughs> once he cracks this conspiracy wide open. Days away from retirement. And apparently his current uh, superior used to be his partner, so hmm. Yeah, that also feels like a cliche. <laughs> by the way, by the way, Volkswagen. Really? <laughs> I, love it. I mean, the the Volkswagen is pretty uh, popular in Japanese media. I mean, isn't that the car that Lupin always rides around in? Oh, that I is true. Like, that is I true. I feel like that that is the case. I loved when he like just started going off about how nice the car was. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. It's made by. One of the finest engineers in the 20th century. <laughs> and Emma's like, yeah, ninjas know their stuff. I was like, what? Yeah, and then it's I'm looking a... at the I'm looking at the car and I'm like... It's not a ninja thing. Not everything is a ninja thing. Are, are you drinking too much of your energy drink? Like, did, did you... <laughs> did you drink too much? Did you smoke too much of that black smoke that comes out of your mouth? Like, what, what's going yeah. on here? Yeah, right. Uh, mm. Well... 
Joe seems like a fairly knowledgeable guy on various fronts, which I suppose he would have to be in his line of uh, prior work. <laughs> He's also very good at growing corn. At, at least he was. Yeah. Well, he was good at music, too. Yeah, 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 he is. Apparently that same uh, singer did a song for Jujutsu Kaisen. So I guess I get that connection with the director previously working on Jujutsu Kaisen. Calling in those connections. And he, he was like, he was a singer on the on the voice or one of one of those shows in uh, in the West. That yeah. <laughs> Interesting. Isn't it though? I mean, the one thing that I, I don't think I've mentioned too is I'm I'm I find it interesting how they um put this cast together because it's kind of like a cast of some veterans but mostly relatively new people. Am I right about that? Like that sounds pretty accurate. Yeah. Like um the the head of Alza is voiced by Scott Gibbs who has been in a lot of Sentai dubs. He's he usually plays a playboy. <laughs> Or, or like a cool senpai. Uh, but well, then, I mean, then, of course, Lucy Christian is Emma. Yep. So she's she's been at this a long time. You got Jay Hickman in here. You got Andrew Love. You got uh, uh, John Swayze in here. But yeah, a lot of a lot of these folks I haven't heard in too many things. So. Yeah. So, That's, I mean, I, I like cool. that. I, I like how they're, I mean, I think, I, I want to see say that they did this with a different show that came out maybe last year or the year before where they had, it was either like maybe the main person was, was like a newer voice actor or voice actor. I think actress. you're thinking of Fooly Cooley. Yeah, maybe, maybe I am, yeah. A uh, NYAV post uh, definitely cast a, a wide net to to find the right voices for both those seasons. So I mean, good I, on I, them. I really do like work. that. I like when they bring in new people. I think that's great, and I and I do think that Jeremy is is doing a really good job as Joe. Yeah. So well, he he's he's certainly got a a thing going with uh, playing guys that have to deal with a lot of crap like uh he's he's the dub voice of kaiji <laughs> so i mean yeah. it, it's it's nice to see that so I'm trying to think what else i liked about these two episodes because it did definitely and by the way Dulles, i love how you brought that up the three episode rule <laughs> <laughs> haven't brought that shit up in like a long time and it, it's definitely true to this series and I'll oh be we definitely brought it up around fooly cooly because how could we not when there's only three episodes that's true but and well and and then what was um oh god well housing complex c that applies yeah, there too it, yeah, yeah 
floor. But it's it's funny. <laughs> it's funny because you could sit there and be like, "Oh, this isn't good," and then you hit that fourth episode and you're like, "Oh fuck, this actually was." Actually, good. it kind of slaps. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, it, you know. By the way, I don't know I'd if anybody still say it's about a C. Not, uh, I would say it's a lot. I would say it's a little bit higher than that, but not like. Plus. But not like you know. It's not an A by any stretch of the means. Yeah. That being said, getting back to Ninja Kamui, I would say that it's um, about a it's about a B so far. Yeah, I would say it's between a B and an A minus at this point. But let's not forget, we were feeling pretty good about Fena mm. for probably six episodes. Well, but dude, <laughs> Fena like. Fena had a lot of potential, and if they would have continued that, I think it would have been great. But the way that they did that, like, I get mm-hmm. the I get the creator only wanted to do one season, but come on, <laughs> like somebody yeah. could have done a, such a better job with that, at least story wise. Um, but yeah, I I find it interesting because I was watching the episodes on Max the other day, and it's in every time these episodes are coming out. I mean, obviously, we see Jose putting up, you know, it's doing well on Apple. He does that with all the shows, basically. Mm-hmm. But it's doing really well on Max. It actually was over Rick and Morty. And Rick and Morty's in the top ten, and this was, like, what, six or seven, I think? I mean, it wouldn't be it. if Rick and Morty had a new episode. That's but... true. That is true. You know, it's kind of what I put up on, on Twitter. Like, I almost feel like I'm glad that Warner Brothers Discovery has invested more in adult swim because i feel like out of everything that they have minus like cnn or stuff like that that gets millions of views outside of that the live sports and the news this is really the only other content that people watch and if a show like this is in the top 10 on max that should tell you something so yeah if only it meant anything for an infinity train <laughs> let's not talk about that sketch uh right that, that only pains me instead mm. i want to talk about something else because I, I i made this observation as this is uh yet another show that jason demarco is producing that is not uh not not too uh kind on uh authority figures <laughs> So I I just wanted to go down the list of uh look we all we've all seen Demarco's Twitter okay we we all know that he does not think highly of law enforcement <laughs> so I just wanted to just make this observation so fully coolly alternative we have useless Conda and manipulative Haruko as you may recall is some kind of space cop uh, fully coolly shoegaze we have manipulative Conda. And then we have good cop Kana, and then all the other cops are useless. You have Fooly Cooly Progressive, you have Manipulative Haruko. Fooly Cooly Grunge, useless Amaro, like how useless was that guy in that season? And the local cops are also useless, and, you know, the mayor is totally corrupt. And you have Manipulative Haruko, though actually she's kind of like a force for good in that season, kinda. In Fena, you don't really have cops, but the military are the bad guys, and they the leader of that is a villain. Twist, the villain actually gets redeemed. So that that's something. 
Shenmu, I cannot remember any cops other than when they were like, uh, sorry about your father's murder. Uh, leave it to the cops. <laughs> uh, housing Complex C, no police involvement despite murder. And they murdered an ex-cop at some point, I think. Maybe he was just a security guard. Yeah, then can't forget about how useless Bow was in Black Lagoon. That dude was corrupt to the fucking fullest. I'm only talking about the shows that DeMarco has produced. Oh, Black Lotus, we got corrupt cops. There's two good cops, one of which was entirely useless. You know which one. You know the useful one used to be a Blade Runner. <laughs> and Ninja Kamui, so far, we have the FBI covering up all the ninja stuff. We have one-off corrupt cops that are extortionists and real pieces of crap. And, uh, well... It looks like we may have two useful police people. So again, we're following the trend of one or two useful cops. The rest are all worthless. Or, at worst, straight up evil. <laughs> so that's the score. That is that is the ACAB score for Toonami Originals so far. <laughs> you can't say that DeMarco isn't consistent. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just had to get that off my chest <laughs> I mean does anybody else find this amusing I mean I I don't know I, I don't obviously Jason's in part of doing these shows but I highly doubt he's you know doing something He's doing that on purpose. I would hope not. Dude, we already know how I feel about authority and the fucking police as a whole, man. I don't really fucking like authority at all. Not these days. And trust me, if Jason is doing it on purpose, I'm all fucking for it, man. Because he doesn't need to bring out that corruption, man. I'm a black man. Dude. I... <laughs> The police literally causes me PTSD these days, man. Seeing the police at any point makes me feel fucking uncomfortable. I trust no one because it doesn't matter anymore, man. You know, I used to believe in that server taking cops with the good guys. In this era, man, they are worse than the fucking bad guys. The bad guys started to make a whole lot of sense to me these days. Uh-oh. <laughs> no, I'm dead fucking serious, man. Like, I look back at a lot of shit. I'm like, you know what? They actually had a good fucking point. Dude, point in case, just a little tangent of mine. Fucking G.I. Joe and Cobra, man. They were fighting against fucking government tyranny. Cobra literally had fucking good health insurance, vacation for their goddamn henchmen, recreation centers, man. Dude, they were literally concerned about their friggin' henchmen, man. And you had room for fucking goddamn promotions. Like, dude, you didn't have to stay a basic Cobra soldier the whole time. Dude, you can literally be a fucking ill or whatever else you wanted to be. But they were still global terrorists. It's okay, man. In the long run, man, they actually had a fucking plan. They really did. They actually had a plan, man. Yep, hail Cobra. Exactly, dude. <laughs> I mean, seriously, man, at this point now, Dude, you could actually tell me I would sign up for Cobra, man. It paid more. Dude, G.I. Joe had a freaking soldier literally going to Cobra, selling information, man, just to pay for bills for his grandma, man. 
what does that tell you? G.I. Joe does uh, not take care of their soldiers. There you go, because to be honest with you, that is actually true, man. Well, they are the the American government. Veterans get the shit end of the stick, man. You know what? Let me stop. Tangent done. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Life's probably not great for uh, G.I. Joe members after they leave G.I. Joe. Uh, not that it's great when they're in G.I. Joe. Also, I think Cobra tends to get the better names. Hmm. (laughs) At least some of the times. Now you just reminded me of that stupid Transformers video you made me watch the other day, Sketch. (laughs) Oh, which one? With the suspect naming. Oh, right, right, right. (laughs) Yes. Yes, that's a good video. JJ <laughs> oh, uh, voiced in that, but uh, Tom Tom something was the the actual video producer. Wish I could remember. Oh well. Uh, funny oh, funny videos on the internet. Retweeted later or something. I don't know. <laughs> if I remember. <laughs> Well, I I think uh, that's that's probably good. Uh, any other thoughts, gentlemen? Keep with the violence. I want to see violence. I'm glad that they're not doing a whole bunch of fan service shit, man. I'm liking the action. Clearly, the fan service is the weird fucking kinks of that one evil guy. <laughs> that dude is literally that dude is literally getting on my fucking nerves, man. Like I'm fucking tired of him already. Over that shit. Like, dude, shut the fuck up, man. You look like a fucking little tiny Modoc, man. Alright, well, I I know we can't really blame DeMarco for what's in Shin Mu, because it's just an adaptation, but this is uh this is at least two gay and or bisexual characters that are you know not the best representation <laughs> just uh just just putting that out there <laughs> oh man it doesn't matter that by um homosexual man people are just fucking dicks man no matter what your sexual orientation and a preference and that's how i treat people if you're a dick to me I'm going to be a bigger dick to you because I got a fucking crane. I'm I'm just not thrilled with it, you know, perpetuating the stereotype that that uh homosexuals are all creepy weirdos that uh, lick their phone screens. <laughs> yeah, man. now that I do hate, man. Like, dude, that is the wrong thing to be doing. I'm like, hold on. They don't do that, man. This is some this is some weird bullshit. That's all it is, man. Don't try to push that kind of narrative. Because I know a lot of homosexual people that are fucking awesome, man. To be honest with you, they treated me better than a lot of heterosexual people I know. Yep. They tend to be less judgmental. They are, man. Yeah, a lot of people in my family, man. Fucking big sis, man. Well, one of them, anyway. Love units to death, man. Mm. Does not treat little brother like shit. Loves big brother. Little brother. 
<laughs> nobody likes nobody loves big brother <laughs> no i'm just a little brother man seriously <laughs> or sometimes i get referred to as little big brother i mean that's fair <laughs> he's just a little guy just a little guy yeah ever since i've been losing weight everybody's like where the hell you went <laughs> and my honest honest guy response is sometimes when they ask me this so i was like look here I just want to look good in my wetsuit when I put it on. Basically, I don't want to see that goddamn bulge. Well, I don't think losing weight's going to help you with that, buddy. <laughs> Not that bulge, man. The stomach. <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> Dick jokes, everybody. Dick jokes. <laughs> We're classy here. You know what, Darrell? Yes. Go put yourself in the corner. Nope. I'm not going to put myself anywhere. You and your wetsuit ass. Hey, look, I got a spring shorty too, bitch. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, um, yeah, I, I think, I think that'll do it for this part of the podcast. We, uh, we hope you enjoyed the conversation when we return. It's, uh, time to, Talk about girls with guns. Welcome back to the Toonami Faithful Podcast. I am your host, Sketch, and I have with me... LaserKid, an editorial writer. And a returning guest. Former editorial writer, Amprin. Thank you for joining me, gentlemen, to talk about these four episodes of Leakerous Recoil, which uh, I'd say is a, is a good, good bunch. Some entertaining stuff occurred in them. I completely agree. Yeah. Had a lot of fun with these episodes. So the first episode we're talking about was episode three. And that is the one where uh, Chisato and Takina go to DA's facility because Chisato needs to do her checkup. And Takina wants to tag along so that she can plead her case to the higher ups. And that doesn't go so well. Um, Kusunoki basically said, I don't recall ever saying anything about you being able to come back. Which, of course, is pretty heartbreaking for Takina at this point in time. And her ex-partner, and also Chisato's ex-partner, and her ex-partner's new partner, oh boy. (laughs) Oh boy, man. If 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 you thought... Fuki was a brat. Dang, Sakura. 
What a brat. What a, what a brat. So they challenged him to a mock duel, the the two of them versus Takina and Chisato. And Chisato was like, yeah, we're going to kick your butts. And then, then you're going to be sorry. But before that, we have an immaculately animated sequence where Chisato picks up Takina and like moves her around a bit <laughs> and says the very encouraging thing that, you know, sometimes you have to give up something to get something else and something good can come from it. It's, it's a nice scene. It's very nice. And it's, you know, it uh, obviously uh, Chisato likes having Takino around. She doesn't want Takino to go back to DA and leave her. And she's trying to uh, appeal to the fact that she realizes that Takino is very upset with the whole situation and finding out that DA was hacked. That's, that's a whole big thing that uh, that was part of the reason why things went South like it did, but she tries to reassure Takina that you don't have to come back here. Everything's going to be okay. And Takina continues to sulk about that a little bit, you know, mulling things over herself while Chisato 1v2s <laughs> these two in the mock duel for a little bit until she waits long enough for Takina to show up with the cleanest punch followed by just like she punches her rolls right into firing position mm. it was <laughs> so beautiful. good it was freaking beautiful I honestly it. i still think that whole mock duel is just one of the most cathartic things in that show so it's so freaking good <laughs> chisato's just stunting on them <laughs> the fact that chisato actually could have finished them both but then just waited for takina to come anyways because that's her partner yeah, and Fuki's all like, ah, she's waiting. She's toying with us. Yeah. Oh, love it. Love it. Also <laughs> seeing Sakura talk all that shit and then just give fucking no diff. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that was beautiful. What a little punk. She got what was coming to her. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Sato's like, you would have died like twice by now. <laughs> uh, and then I consider this like a trust fall moment where where Chisato's standing in between Fuki and Takina, and Takina takes the shot knowing full well that Chisato's gonna dodge it. Though that's also like Okay, Dakina, I know that you know that Chisato's going to dodge it, but still, you probably could have come up with a different choice. <laughs> like, I mean, <laughs> Fuki didn't see it coming, so it worked. That's true. True. But mm, still, still kind of questionable intentionally aiming at your partner. <laughs> I mean, you're talking about the same girl that unloaded an entire minigun and with with her partner in range in episode one. Like, I mean, that's kind of tame compared to episode one, you know? Yeah, but it it's still like it's. Thankfully, she uh, 
she she does a lot of growing over the course of these four episodes, but that's a moment where I'm like, okay, okay, talking now. I was like, honestly, I think it's a really good kind of bookend though, because if you think about it, you know that whole thing that happened in episode one is the whole reason she got kicked out and the whole reason mm-hmm. Fuki hates her, and then she does the same thing to defeat Fuki two episodes later, and that's pretty that's pretty sick, honestly. Yeah, that's a good point. That's, that is uh, a good point. That is a good point. Also, the the girl that Takina kept from dying is real, real shy about going to say thank you. <laughs> and her roommate definitely teases her about it a lot. Uh, all those girls at DA just seem terrible. <laughs> except for Except for the one girl. Gosh, I don't even remember her name. What was, what was her name? Um, Erica. Erica, yeah, Erica. Erica's are Eric, Erica's fine. The the rest of them are just, 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 just mean girls. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, they are they are high school aged. So I mean, a lot of girls. <laughs> yeah. And around that age bracket are like that, there's especially true. when there's rumors. They high school girls like good rumors. They're 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 mean girls and they were trained to be assassins so obviously they see things like any kind of emotion is weakness and so yeah and also they're very likely deprived of gossip <laughs> so yeah so their gossip is this is and, this thing any anything huh? it's like the the radio tower girls here <gasps> the radio tower girl not the yeah i also really enjoyed chisato casually stunning on F- fuki during their exam <laughs> so like yeah i'm gonna do this exercise and then chisato's like i'm gonna do it way faster <laughs> uh good good stuff good stuff uh yeah. Any any other thoughts on episode three? The the sweet sweet comeuppance. I really like how it's setting up a uh, change of. I want to go back to to licorice too. Maybe I don't. Yeah, I think that's Maybe good. Maybe I don't. It's it's just interesting little character moment. I love it. Yeah, at the beginning of the episode, talking to ducks out when the rest of them are having a game night because she doesn't see any value in social interaction and just wants to get back to DA. And by the end of the episode, they're like, yeah, I'm going to come play the games with you guys. Yay. Yeah, this is she like also pretty smiled much for the... the first time. Yay, yeah, this smiling. is pretty much the moment where uh, Takina's heart first starts to open. It's a very significant episode in this series, and it's one of my favorites. <laughs> she also completely talks... Shisato out of a single piece of candy. <laughs> yeah. Like, well, are you sure you want to do that before they take all your vials? <laughs> it's gonna it's gonna elevate everything. Okay, fine. <laughs> that was pretty one good. piece is gonna hurt. That's right, because one piece is the greatest manga of all time. <laughs> How did I know it was going there? 
because uh, it's me. Yeah, well, I'm the guy who whatever character says, I made it out in one piece. I'm like, no, you didn't. You're in this anime. I know. Every every time. <laughs> I hope you get out the... get it. I hope you can get out in one piece. But you're, but you're not, not even. Piece? You're not even in One Piece. <laughs> oh God! There are my friends hate thousands of characters in One Piece, and you are not one of them. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. But episode four. Oh boy! <laughs> oh boy! Indeed. Oh, oh boy! So we open up with uh, Chisato trying to play a VR game. And we... No, actually, we open up with uh, Chisato and Takina training in the underground shooting range. <laughs> which Kurumi's like, are you kidding? That's so loud. <laughs> but like, well, they got to train. It's very important. And we learn more about the special bullets that that uh, teach develop for them uh, for for Chisato in particular, and she explains at least briefly that he started developing them after the radio tower incident. Again, the radio tower incident. Mm, very much wondering what's up with that. I'm sure we will learn in due time. Yep. Except Amp over here already knows, so he's sitting here laughing at us, <laughs> <laughs> mm -hmm. laughing in future knowledge over here. Uh, you're 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 me when we're talking about Doctor Stone. <laughs> right, <laughs> me when we talk about One Piece. Yeah, maybe we talk about One Piece <laughs> to a point, but then after a certain point, not so much. Yeah, so we we find out that even though. As actually mentioned in the previous episode, uh, Kusunoki explains that Chisato's mad skills is that she can read body movements so well that she's pretty much impossible to shoot. You know, unless you do something to her eyes. <laughs> More about that later. Uh, so she's not actually that good of a shot. She has to get up real close to be able to fire those special bullets uh there may it may be that those bullets well yeah talking has trouble shooting those bullets so obviously it's a, a a kind of bullet that doesn't aim as well as regular bullets and chisato's <laughs> like oh so you can just avoid the vitals then you can use regular bullets just don't shoot those points and talking is like but we were told to shoot those points. <laughs> yeah, but you're good enough to dodge them, so. I like that. It's it's uh it's it's a fun dynamic. <clears throat> so later towards the beginning of the episode, uh, as I was saying before, uh Chisato's playing some kind of VR game with a gun peripheral and playing against somebody online and not doing as well as she'd like, so she passes it off to Takina, because, you know, Takina's a way better shot than her, and sure enough, Takina takes it down. And just, what are the <laughs> odds that it is Fuki playing the game with her? She's like, what 
the heck? They just changed tactics completely. It's like it's a completely different person. <laughs> and Sucker's like, don't get so wild about this. I mean, it's it's fine. It's just a game. Here, let me play. It's like, but 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 the username. <laughs> <laughs> they're uh, both making the same commentary too. It's great. Yeah, about the username. Uh, <laughs> I realize she's wearing a, a VR helmet, so she's probably not too aware of her, her space around her. But my gosh, Takina, you don't have to flip and stuff. But because you did, <laughs> Chisato got a peek of something. Because they have it. You, you got to give this show props for the fact that you don't see the panty shots. No, the characters see them. You don't. You know they happen, but you're not seeing them. That's, that's, that's tremendously classy for, uh, for this studio, <laughs> considering their body of work. <laughs> tremendously classy. I, I approve. But... Uh, <laughs> Chisato's like, okay, so Takina cares so little about her everything outside of work that she that she doesn't even think about things like what kind of underwear I should be wearing under my work uniform. <laughs> because I just got boxers. It's fine. Yes. So I would like to call this mission debriefing. <laughs> <laughs> I see so what you did there. Te technically boxers, not briefs, but it's still a good pun. <laughs> still a good pun. Uh, a for effort. <laughs> so she flips about. It's like, you know what? They they honestly kind of work with the uniform. At first, I thought they were they were spats, because that's not too unusual. But I was like, oh no, those are actually just boxers. And talking to even says they're really, you know, very comfortable and liberating to to move around in. Like, no, 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 we're not doing this. We're going shopping tomorrow. <laughs> like, is it for work? No, panties. We're buying you some. That delivery <laughs> killed it, Lizzie Freeman. Oh, you gosh. killed it. <laughs> yeah, no, the, the 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 dubbing in here is just. Chef's kiss, good. So essentially, I mean, you hear it throughout the whole series, but that episode in particular is the one where you're like, "Oh yeah, Lizzie Freeman had fun with this role." Oh yeah, oh yeah, <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> and may I mention that the reason why Takina chose boxers is because uh, Teach provided the uniform, but said you get whatever underwear. You got to provide that yourself. Just like, well, what kind of underwear should I get? So he recommended boxers because that's what he likes. <laughs> Come on, man. <laughs> uh, I mean, he's he, this is a grown ass man. Why would he recommend that? <laughs> well, I mean, to, I guess to be fair for a for an assassin, I mean, sure. Because you know, like like they said, it's breathable and it's easy to move around. In. Yeah, yeah. And they be doing a lot of moving and jumping, so that's like that's true. Uh, that, that yeah, that's that's true. It, but, it, it is but, practical, but 
you but, know. But it, but Agent Ica. Yeah, I made that one. <laughs> I love the fact that they're actually talking about like, huh, the kind of underwear to wear with uh, with their uniform. Yep, underwear that that's intended for assassination and in combat. There is there is no such thing. Murder wear. <laughs> Murder uh-huh. lingerie. Well, I mean, you can ask bitch sensei from assassination classrooms. She'd probably tell you. Ah, yeah, yeah. Um, I can also see she definitely, definitely uses lingerie as a weapon. Definitely. (laughs) Good, good, good callback. Yeah. All right. (laughs) Oh man, a conversation between her and these girls would be fantastic. Oh, she would probably lose her damn mind. <laughs> <laughs> no doubt. No doubt. No damn doubt. Chance. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, boy. So the majority of this episode is, is a cute, cute little date. Cute little shopping date. They they go, they buy some clothes. They, they, they buy some lingerie. <laughs> and talking to is like, EK. What, kind of, what, what kind of underwear are you wearing? <laughs> Again, we don't see anything. But Gisato's like, what are you doing? <laughs> I'm concerned about his fair play, Gisato. <laughs> and it will be more f- fair play later. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you... You you do get that moment where it seems like Chisato's hoping that one day there will be an opportunity to uh, show somebody her lingerie. <laughs> you know, on a, uh, on a on a special occasion or something. <laughs> and talking is like what? Oh. Uh... It's it's really cute when Chisato gets flustered over these kinds of things. <clears throat> uh, they also go get some yummy, delicious desserts. And <laughs> talking to, of course, is very methodically like, this is a lot of calories. I don't think we should be eating this. And Chisato's like, no, desserts are important. <laughs> you only get to eat so many times in your life, and it should always be delicious. I can't really fault that uh, line of thinking. No, no. I'll, also, the line of thinking, hey, you can work it off with some more running. <laughs> and that's the that a lot of people forget. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's the hard part. Well, we don't do hard parts around here. <laughs> it's like, I, uh, I, uh, I've been good. I deserve a little treat. <laughs> I'll just work it off later. Later never comes. Or some. In the words of Morgan Freeman, later would not come. <laughs> right. But as, as they're uh, having some delicious desserts, and boy, they do look delicious. Yeah, the uh, foodness <laughs> is some very uh, nice quality animation. Holy cow. 
Yeah. It's still fairly stylized and kind of cartoonish. So it's it's not like it's not like Food Wars or anything, but or or Ghibli, but oh god. It it definitely looks tasty. That it does. Tasty looking dessert. But Chisato shows off her ability to speak French and helps out some some French tourists that are trying to order. Yet you know there are moments where Chisato's like, you know, I have these these I have a very specific set of skills. <laughs> and I can use them to help all kinds of people. I I just like that about that. And Takina just takes a moment and is like, this is delicious. It's a beautiful day. This is nice. She's she's getting it. She's getting it, slowly but surely. But it wouldn't be an episode of Liquid Recoil if there wasn't a little bit of chaotic action, now, would it? No, absolutely not. And <clears throat> this comes in the form of uh, actually finding out where those guns went off to. Uh, apparently, uh, this guy named Majima, you don't find that out quite so soon, but this guy named Majima uh, has gotten all those weapons and he has a whole bunch of trained people that are uh, causing all kinds of problems and in this case uh, he's going to attack a whole train full of licorice and they, they must have like licorice that only go in pairs and then like licorice that show up in groups and the group ones tend to have the white uniforms or, or something. But they mow them down. Like, seriously, mow them down. It's uh, pretty disturbing, really. Yeah. And, uh, it's actually not too far away from where Chisato and Takina are. And Takina is considering going to do something. But Chisato stops her and says, hey... You can't do anything. You're in civilian clothing. You're not a licorice. You'll get arrested. But that doesn't sit well there. Oh, I didn't talk about the aquarium. The aquarium is very important because, oh, man, <laughs> we really get to see talking to goofing around in there. <laughs> Being a fish. But there's also a very important conversation that reveals that Chisato was helped by the Allen Institute. Yes, a very interesting reveal. And that uh, part of the reason that she's still doing what she's doing is because she's trying to find a particular person. Which she's not hmm. going to find. Because <laughs> he doesn't want to be found. Yeah, he doesn't want to be found. And the audience knows who it is because... That person has a conversation with Mika in a bar at uh, or at, at some point in this episode and flat out says, hey, you know, Chisato has been looking for you. Why don't you tell her? He's like, no, I'm not going to do that. I can't get involved because of the rules of the organization. It's like, well, it seems like you're involved, buddy. <laughs> Mika even calls him out on that. <laughs> but as yes, this uh, 
this situation with the uh, a lot of licorice getting killed in the in the subway train that that starts a whole chain of events really <clears throat> and it's another one of those cover-ups of course <laughs> what a story they're spinning it was uh, it was just a, a train on testing and thank goodness nobody was on it Yes, yeah. that would have been horrible if something like that were to occur. Laser yeah. cannon, I think, I, think, I think you need to say it. Nothing bad ever happened on trains! You're welcome. There we go. There it is. <laughs> I think there you need is. to say that a lot lately. <laughs> Jeez. Uh, That's why I gave you the layup, buddy. <laughs> also, Majima's being... Assisted by the hacker, the dumbest Tabata. hacker in the world. I swear to God. <laughs> Jeez, right. So on to episode five, and the the mission this time is to uh, assist a gentleman who's rather old who's returning to Japan. Where this his... episode made me very sad for a while, and then very confused. Yes. <laughs> And we'll explain why. Yes, I just yeah. this is this gentleman is hooked up to all kinds of apparatuses to keep himself alive. He's in a wheelchair. It's motorized, and he's got uh, goggles over his eyes, and he has a speaker box, and he has all kinds of doodads on his chair. And he's going for a sightseeing tour in Japan. That's that's the story so far, anyway. And, uh... <clears throat> Chisato's really excited about doing a tour. He's like, I'm ooh, gonna make an itinerary. It's gonna be great. He's like, hey, we should give him a data file. That would probably be more useful, you know, since, um... Yeah, he uh, can't exactly hold that. <laughs> Not really, no. Mm, good call, Walnut. Good call. And... We also find out kind of abruptly that Chisato isn't entirely human. She has an artificial heart. Which Misaki jokes, you have nerves of steel. <laughs> no, it's just my heart. Also, it doesn't even beat. That's kind of freaky. <laughs> How does it work? It's very advanced technology. And Kurumi really wants to know what's up with that, but it turns out it's not from DA. It's from the Allen Institute. Dun, dun, dun! So part of the episode, we have a lovely tour of the sites in Japan, and Chisato's really getting into the whole tour guide thing and thinks she's doing a great job with that and, and enjoying it a lot. And it doesn't seem like anything's amiss, though they are also bodyguards in this situation because of the possibility of somebody trying to assassinate this man. And sure enough, an assassin does show up. But um, just as an aside, that moment when he said it's feeling really warm and he wants to go inside, I'm like, 
why are you letting him out of your sight? I had the exact same thought when that happened. Like, okay, why aren't you going in with him? You're just letting him go. I thought you were his bodyguards. Yeah, that uh, seems uh, that questionable. Definitely it's okay. We just had to take things. a moment of exposition. Yeah, we uh, we we did. We also had to take a moment for talking to to try to cop a feel. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. Don't do that in public. <laughs> you know where the emphasis was on that. Yes. But Takina doesn't think anything of this. It's just, you know, it's just procedural to her. She's just curious about the artificial heart. Doesn't understand the like doesn't doesn't acknowledge the connotations at all of her actions. No, no. Which is adorable. <laughs> yeah. So the assassin that is assigned to kill this man is uh, known as Silent Gene, which just makes me think of Samurai Shampoo. I'm not the only one! <laughs> uh, I had the same thought, and I'm like, what, what, where's Mugen? Yeah, where's Mugen? Well... Uh, honestly, Majima kind of has the Mugen hair. <laughs> he kind of does. <laughs> I have seen people compare him to Spike Spiegel. I'm like, but he's, but he's not Spike Spiegel, <laughs> like at all. <laughs> like not at all. Nah. <laughs> so, Gene does make some attempts on this man's life, uh, Mister, Mister Matsushita. Matsuchita, yeah. Uh, the the story here is a this is a very wealthy man whose family was killed, and he says that it was Gene who killed his family. And at some point, when he's uh, uh, brain fart, <laughs> uh, Mizuki tries to uh, help with getting them out of the situation, but it's really up to Takina to take out this assassin while Chisato keeps watching over the guy. But when there's a bit of a close call, he says, hey, the real mission here is to kill that man. He's the one who killed my family, and I want you to kill him. Chisato, you have to kill this man for me. And Chisato's like, what? I, I don't want to do that. He's like, no. You have to kill him. I would have killed him with my own bare hands if I had do had it, the Anakin. opportunity. Do it. <laughs> yeah, right. But no, that's, uh, that's uh, suspicious. Uh, incredibly. It was very much hey. a tonal shift in the character we'd seen up to that point. Yes, he... He was perfectly playing the part of a of, of a elderly man just in enjoying remembering the the Japan that he used to live in. The days of his youth. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that that's quite a turn. And uh, dang man, Gene, Gene, why you got why you gotta do that to my wife? Punching her in the no, ki kicking her in the gut, tying her up, locking her up. Man, come on. Come on, man. 
Though I do respect the fact that he didn't kill her, <laughs> which Kurumi seemed kind of disappointed about. <laughs> like, oh, she's dead. She's not necessarily dead. Oh, you're alive. What do you mean? Oh, man. Music, you can't catch a break. <laughs> she got, she got to run all over the place. Jeez. That was also very well animated. <laughs> yeah, this they they may not be doing any uh, panty shots, but they are not skimping on the fan service, as it were. <clears throat> Good job, animators. Good job. Uh, yeah. Even it classy. Yes. <laughs> I mean. Kind of. Sort of. <laughs> she does manage to get a tracker on his collar, which is good move. Good move. Unfortunately, it's very easy to lose a tracker by actually tricking the person who, who was tracking you by losing that item of clothing that it is attached to, which he does. But, you know, Takina probably could have taken care of him by herself, but... She did sustain a minor injury, which did look really painful. Actually, that fall, dang, that fall was <laughs> pretty rough. <clears throat> but eventually, Chisato rushes in and fires like a whole clip of those special bullets at him and knocks him out. And then the guy's like, all right, you got to kill him. Do it, Anakin. <laughs> Yeah. And she's just like, nah. Nah. <laughs> Why would I kill him? I don't need to kill him. I don't like to take people's lives. But, 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 but your mission. What's your mission? But, 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 Does not compute. Does not compute. <laughs> error, error, error. Yeah. And yeah. he just turns off. That didn't actually happen, but yeah, no, he just, he, he just turns off as the, as the police arrive and well i guess it's been weekend at chisato's because this guy was not who they thought it was and he was also completely unconscious for the entirety of the situation yeah, yeah dude was pretty, pretty much dead yeah. yeah i'm i'm very disturbed at the fact that he's um like a drug overdose patient at that age really uh really disturbing frankly but somebody was pushing him around and talking for him and i think we know who who could it possibly be skynet there we go there's the yeah. answer perfect perfect exactly dang it cyberdyne uh, systems <laughs> so they uh I, I guess they just let gene go and after asking him about uh who hired him for what reason it's like well i don't ask questions you know well were you the one who killed his family this is before we knew that it wasn't actually the guy if the guy even exists <laughs> boy there's a whole lot of 
but who's the real blah to blah in this show? Yeah. <laughs> kind of pulling that trick at least twice now. <laughs> but who is the real monster? And I was like, who's the real Mr. Walnut? <laughs> Will the real Mr. Walnut please stand up? Yeah. Uh, but I was like, I was working with you, Mika, back then, so... I mean, he didn't explicitly say anything beyond that, but I guess that implies enough that he was not potentially the person who would have killed this potentially fictional person's wife and daughter. It was a very convincing backstory, though. It was. It was a very convincing backstory. Until it wasn't. I mean, are you really going to question a guy who rolls up in that kind of apparatus not really We're like oh yeah especially right. coming in coming in like a make-a-wish patient like yeah yeah yeah, yeah i didn't know you, you, gotta, you gonna you gonna do what he says you know i don't i don't when should Lico rico become the make-a-wish foundation <laughs> <laughs> hey they they'll do pretty much any kind of job if it pays, <laughs> gotta 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 pay them bills somehow. Lico Recoil's turning into the A team. <laughs> I mean, yeah, more or less. Oh, I love that. Oh, it's too bad I already used an A team bit on another podcast. I believe it was also my fault that time too. <laughs> Yeah, it was some kind of joke about being the the the, the, the B the team. Team for corning, yeah. <laughs> you're a team now, Laser, because you're like my primary recording. I'm guy. I'm happy to be along with with the run. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh. We have fun here. <clears throat> we do. And in the sixth episode. Wait, you forgot the big stinger at the end of the fifth episode. Oh, you're right. Yes, the thing that it, made it me go, kinda, wait, what? It kind of it kind of rolls right into the sixth one, though. But in at the end of the fifth episode, we cut away to some shady business going down, and uh, a licorice is not doing the best job at being incognito, following some guy. And then they're crossing the street when they're supposed to, which thank you for crossing the street when you're supposed to. As a bus driver, I appreciate that. As a general person who drives, I appreciate that. Yes, exactly. Not enough people use the crosswalk, much less use it properly. Rant aside, um, somebody was not obeying traffic laws. (laughs) And... She's walking across the street when she's supposed to, and a car rushes up and rams right into her. She gets knocked on the ground, and a big group of guys comes over and... Clack, clack, clack. Lots of of shoot, shoot, pow, pow. Shooty, shooty. And we see green-haired Majima guy, like, well, one liquor is down. So his whole deal is to assassinate Licorice. Actually, his broader deal, as we find out in episode six, is 
he understands that when bad guys enter Japan, bad things happen to them, and he wants to get to the bottom of it and wants to find DA and get rid of them. As awful as DA's tactics might be at times, obviously this guy is way, way worse. Well, this guy is the reason people like them do the things that they do. So it's like, you're, you're kind of the reason they are the way they are. Good job. Yeah, you, uh, you, you create the demand for such an organization. So there's... honestly, and that's really one of the things I like about Majima as a villain, is because I love I love that both him and Da as a whole are kind of like the ends justify the means type groups, but on completely opposite spectrums. Yeah, yes. no, that's very. A very it does good make him a an interesting antagonist to go up against this organization. And of course, our actual protagonists here are kind of not DA. They like they work for DA within DA, but they have a very different approach and mindset to these things. So in that respect, they are the correct foil for an antagonist like this one. At least that's how I feel so far. We'll we'll see how things proceed. But uh, he's been working with Roberta. <laughs> Rob Rob Why is it Robota? <laughs> it's Roberta's blood train. I'm about to say Roberta. I'm like, damn, are we are we are we talking about Black Lagoon now? I wish. <laughs> no, no, I like this show. Uh but Black Lagoon's so good. Oh Black Lagoon. <clears throat> Absolutely amazing. We never played Roberta's Blood Trail on Tsunami, dang I it. No. So sad. I mean, we kinda got Helsing Ultimate instead, but I don't know if that was necessarily better. <laughs> I I definitely like Roberta's Blood Trail more, but that's neither here nor there. Uh, Robota, the the world's worst hacker. <laughs> he thinks he's the greatest hacker, but he's the greatest he's... hacker who asks for help. I'm like, oh, you should go get Walnut. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I love it. <laughs> I love it. Walnut's dead. I'm the best. It's Which me. Is, yeah, you're the best. That's why you're looking for help. <laughs> hey, even the best need help sometimes. That's true. That's true. Obviously, I mean, Walnut hey, needs some help, you know? too. <laughs> yeah. She can't do it all alone. But, yeah. Um, he's been working with Majima in a strained <laughs> relationship. <laughs> <laughs> to say the least and yeah. Majima really wants him to find DA he can't find DA but also uh, Mr. Yoshita obviously is also paying Robota to try to get Robota to make Majima go after Chisato. That's, those are the pieces that are clicking together here. But at first, he's like, I don't care about that girl. Whatever. Whatever. She's not my problem. Yeah. 
But he later shows him some footage that piques his interest. He says, all right, I will go after that girl. But before that, we get some delightful scenes where Takina just shows up at Chisato's place because all the licorice have been told to never go anywhere alone. They should always use the buddy system. So Takina being the way she is, is like, okay, it's very important that we're together at all times. And Chisato's like, together at all times? Sleepover! <laughs> all right, this is how we're going to break up the chores. Oh, no, we shouldn't do it that way. Okay, how about rock, paper, scissors? Yeah, that's a great idea. That's, <laughs> that's a this terrible is rock, paper, idea. scissors for it. This is a great idea for me. Talk, talking now, why did you think that you would win a child's game with Chisato? <laughs> Though she comes to understand soon enough that Chisato's cheating. Well, it's not exactly cheating, but the way that she can, you know... <laughs> She she's OP in that game. Yeah. Well, if you have the setup that you start with rock always, she can read your body movements to know if you're going to change. And if you're going to change, she can either tie or win by pulling out scissors. Yep. It's yeah, it's a hacks. The hacks. <laughs> the hacks. Total hacks. Uh. <laughs> so. Taki is not thrilled about hearing that, but she kind of swallows it down when <laughs> Chisato comes back into the room. <laughs> oh, what's what's wrong? Oh, nothing. Nothing. Nothing at all. <laughs> it's just like what happened to Zoro. <laughs> nah, <but laughs> nah, not even close. So this whole time I thought, probably because she makes a decent amount of money working at Lico Rico that uh, Chisato was like renting an apartment. Turns out it's actually a safe house. <laughs> and yes, she does periodically get intruders. My favorite detail there is there's a male version of the licorice out there. Ah, yes, Lily Bell. The men's licorice organization, the boys' licorice organization, sound, it sounds very manly. I kind of would like this to, to learn more about those crazy people rather than just be a one-off comment, but we'll see. Yeah. Well, uh... And meanwhile, Amprin is laughing at me. I think I've absorbed something from cultural osmosis about a character that we already know. Oh, but... alright then. <laughs> but, well, well, we'll see. Uh, yeah. By the way, uh, Licorice is also known as Spider Lily, which is frankly a way cooler name. <laughs> but it's you know it's named after the plant. Uh, yeah. Honestly, an organization just called the Spider Lilies would be pretty badass for real. I know, right? Um, <laughs> yeah, Lily like it. Lily. <laughs> yeah. The uh uh ha ha. Uh -huh. <laughs> the the Lilybell organization is just mad that they they didn't get to that first. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I don't know if Chisato actually doesn't know anything about Lilybell, but she's like, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> oh, are you interested in boys talking up? 
Oh, shoot. I totally <laughs> forgot to mention that at the end of episode five, when they're alone, <laughs> talking to, takes a moment to listen to Desato's chest because they're alone. <laughs> now it's okay, right? We're not in public now. Desato's a little flustered by it at first. was like, oh, this is fine. I'll just deal with it. <laughs> <laughs> this is fine. Those are some cute pajamas Desato has, by the way. <laughs> we got to see briefly in this episode, uh, episode six. <clears throat> so yeah, yeah, her apartment is a safe house. So when you go to her address... You go to the building, it's just like a empty room, and then you go down a secret passage, and then that's her actual apartment. Which really makes me wonder, Talking has mentioned that she's gone home a couple of times. Was she renting a place? Because that would imply if she was going home from Lico Rico that she wasn't living there like Walnut is. I don't know. Did I ever but, really show, like, you know, talking his house or whatever? Yeah. I'm sure it is very boring. <laughs> so, I, I mean, in the in the ending sequence, you see a room that she's chilling out in that's... It doesn't have a lot of flourishes, but it's it's cute. <laughs> a little table and chair. And she's got her uniform hung up. And there's a bed. It's It's, it's fine. But yeah, it's the bare essentials. Yeah. And a fan. Very important. Always. Gotta, gotta have that fan. Yeah, like I said, the bare essentials. <laughs> I'd like to see you get through that summer heat with that one. Yeah. <laughs> we 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 had our genius hacker do the classic little anime girl getting dried off by the fan thing. <laughs> By the way, it's bad enough that Chisato flipped up Takina's skirt, but when Mizuki flips up Chisato's skirt, that... somebody talk to HR. <laughs> I don't think they have an HR. I, yeah, I don't think they do. M- Mika is the HR. Oh my yeah, God. Mika is the HR. Just remember, HR is actually not your friend. Uh, Mika's our friend, so he must not be HR. There we <laughs> go. HR. I mean, really, music is probably HR. <laughs> Almost certainly. Oh, wouldn't that figure? I didn't. I did. I can't believe I didn't mention that earlier. Like we're in the middle of episode six, but I, I love when music does that <laughs> because just out was like, "All right, we're getting rid of this. We're getting rid of this." Now, hang on a sec. Oh. These are nice. Like she, <laughs> she has that epiphany, and then Mizuki busts in. Takes a look. It's like they're talking to us. I swear. She runs over, looks up, talking to us. Those are cute. <laughs> okay, okay. So so many HR violations. <laughs> and, then, and then she brings Chisato out to the crowd of people at the cafe, all the regulars. Which is an interesting group, I must say. It's like a, it's like a young woman, mostly older guys, an older woman, and I think like one young guy. 
interest interesting selection of uh people that hang around for game night and stuff but they got the the fan blowing on her skirt so everybody could see very interesting he really just like check it out she's out has been creeping <laughs> but they're comfortable <laughs> I prefer boxer briefs myself. Ooh. I like a little resistance. <laughs> well, no, I digress. Right. <laughs> Very important things happening in episode six, actually. <laughs> uh, because I, I guess I believe that uh, Robota is uh, getting some goons to show up at Chisato's safe house so that he can film her <laughs> and uh <clears throat> Oof. there's also this other character who's introduced and gone before you know it that is uh, assisting robota and da is like all right we gotta deal with this hack no no just let the police take care of it and this dude gets swatted <laughs> all the way <laughs> I saw and, your post on that, by the way. This is another way to get into Mushoku Tensei. Yes. Um, well, okay. First of all, while I would totally believe that this guy would have those kinds of materials on his computer, I think they might have been planted. Oh, 100% they were planted. But if they were not... Then that deserves. I don't know, <laughs> man. He kind of, he kind of looked like the kind of guy that would have Lola going on his computer. I mean, yeah, yeah, he does. yeah, yeah. I mean, usually, usually in anime, if there's someone that looks like that, then they're probably a mega perv or mm. should probably be in jail or both. He he was at least playing up the conspiracies thing the most part, but I again I. I would totally believe that this guy would have such things, but some, some, some smells like the reason that the cops were uh, able to deal with the situation was because somebody put illicit materials on his computer. But if he was in fact that much of a creep, then my joke is this in a in another world is where Mashoku Tensei ends before it begins. <laughs> well, I'll say that. Where the pervert doesn't get reincarnated to another world, he just gets hauled off to prison. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's why it's not Mashoku Tensei, because well, bad as Rudy says, he ain't that bad. He doesn't get reincarnated, he just gets incarcerated. Oh, yeah. Oh. Yeah. A new, a new, a new subgenre, reincarcerated, reincarcerated as a perv. Well, that just sounds like a repeat offender, now, doesn't it? It does. Uh, <laughs> but Robota, after this guy gets hauled away by the police, makes the acknowledgement is like, "Great, now I'm the guy who's." Video recording underage girls. <laughs> yeah, kinda. And this is. <laughs> there are so many reasons why it amuses me greatly that Alex Lay plays this character, <laughs> especially opposite 
of Lizzie Freeman as Chisato because of Rent-A-Girlfriends. <laughs> like, man, he's rich. Whoa. Kazuya, you're, you're, you're really going after... <laughs> you're, you're really going after Mizuhara. <laughs> Yikes. Ugh. Oh. It's actually Alex a, Lee is a blessing, though. Oh man, he's he's super talented. Um, oh yeah, I'm, I'm loving his performance in solo leveling. Yes, like he's he's so good at at, at like being like the the wimpy guy and then going to oh boy, <laughs> total total badass mode. <laughs> Very he's good. mode Very activated good. for that character. <laughs> Most people are used to him just being Zenetsu screaming all of the time. All the screaming, all the time. All the screaming. He's very good at screaming. He is very good at that, yes. He's, he's quite quite the screamer. Although right now I'm used to him being the protagonist in Persona 3 Reload. Ah, yes. Ah, uh, yep, yep. That too. And he's very quiet in that game. Except for yeah. like one cutscene. Oh, <laughs> well. So what you're saying is he probably recorded all of his lines in a two-hour session. <laughs> he probably did, actually. Uh, compensation in the voiceover industry. <laughs> but I digress. Um, I've I've always been really impressed with his performances. Cayman in uh, Doro Hidoro. Because... Man, I did not that expect shit that. shit is black magic. <laughs> that is that is crazy. Like Dude I haven't seen has the whole show, range. but I saw like I saw one clip of it, and I'm like, ain't no way, ain't <laughs> no way that's him. Dude has range for sure. Dude has range. He does. Dude has range. Ah. Uh, now, now that he's gotten some footage of Chisato taking down some guys in uh, stylish fashion. <laughs> it's actually not even that good of footage, so I don't know why this... Like, it, it totally doesn't even make sense why Majima before was like, I don't care about that girl. And it's like, oh, I care a lot about that girl. <laughs> like, you Probably really... because she's just chasing two guys with a gun. Yeah, I guess. But... And I mean, the, dude was, the dude was talking her up, like you know, this yeah. this girl's like top, she's like top, top of the top line. Tier, the best, the, the best out there. If you if you don't take care of her, then you're never gonna take down Da, which is potentially true. There might be some truth to that, maybe, sort of. Yeah, but mostly this guy's just trying to save his own ass. Yeah. And frankly, in his position, I totally understand. I actually do understand, even though he's just sad and pathetic, really. But he's I get he's, it. he's he's a sad, sad, pathetic, strange, shrimp. sad little man, as a uh, <laughs> boy once told me. Yeah, who's, who thinks far too highly of himself. Uh, a real shitlord. <laughs> so I guess I don't thing. I I don't really hate when <laughs> when. Uh, he has to deal with things. <laughs> I was like, oh, not my door again. <laughs> like, my 
now you should just leave that thing open. Pretty much. But I moved. How did you find me? Why was Majima wrapped up in this episode? I'm sh- There's probably a reason for that, but I don't think... I mean, he did kind of, like, blow up an entire subway tunnel and he was still in it. Yeah, and he got shut up in the process as well. That's nah, true. He did get shot several times, and he also was in a tunnel when it imploded. I guess he just... Uh, oh, yeah, he was pretty pretty worse for wear after... Man, I can't believe I forgot that. Yeah, he was pretty worse for wear after that. It just seemed like he was not as worse for wear when he was uh, killing Licorice in Episode 5. But I suppose the clothing was hiding most of that. Yeah, the whole bandage thing is uh, another reason why people were thinking he reminded him of Spike besides his hair. Which, okay. Could be worse. Could <laughs> be a character in Metallic Rouge that looks like Vash Stampede but doesn't act anything like him. Oh, yeah, that guy. Whoa. I've been telling him to shut up, evil Vash, every episode. <laughs> All right. For sure. For sure. Oh, uh, he's got the glasses and everything. He does. Uh, Metallic Rouge. Good. Good show. Check it out. It's on Crunchyroll. Same day dub. I know. I love that. I wish we had more of that, but I know why we don't. <laughs> and that opening song is such a banger. It really is. Sorry. Complete sidetrack on my part there. No, no. I, le- I, I leaned into it. <laughs> uh, right. Now the action's really going to get heated up. And frankly, this is a little uncomfortable to watch when uh, Chisato goes out to make a delivery to the the Yakuza boss, and she decides she's going to wear a poncho as her her disguise. It's like, I'm still in my uniform, so I can still shoot a gun, but I'm wearing this poncho, so they won't recognize me. Problem is, sweetie, they have a picture of your face. Yeah. As... Walnut finally comes clean that she was the one who hacked DA after kind of dancing around the whole conversation before. And obviously, uh, everybody's pretty upset about that. Because yeah. caused caused a lot of problems inadvertently, but still a lot of problems. Well, duress is a thing. Mm-hmm. Thankfully, Walnut's on our side now. And she's very good at, at finding the important information we need. But unfortunately, Chisato doesn't find out soon enough, and she gets rammed by a car. She manages to... Or does she? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or does she, yeah. Hard, hard to say. I mean, she is able to get up pretty quick, so probably... Yeah, probably didn't actually get hit by the car. And she kind of faint, uses a faint attack and uh, pulls up the poncho and surprises them that she's still alive and kicking and gets away, fires off plenty of shots with her special bullets. And Majima thinks, "What what the heck is this crap? This isn't live ammo. What's what's this girl doing? 
But uh, I suppose it's actually a little bit later that this occurs. Uh, when Chisato... Oh, Chisato shot Majima in the in the face area at a point. So he's got a lot of blood on him. And when she tries to apprehend him, cheeky little son of a gun splashes blood in her eyes to, in, to inhibit her ability to dodge bullets as he quickly observes that she's very good at doing. And this is where it gets pretty uncomfortable, where she's definitely in a compromised position, and you got all these guys crowding around her. And you're like, oh man, this is this is this is could get it really bad. <clears throat> but what Majima is most interested in is the fact that she has one of the Allen Institute pins, and wants to know the deal with all of that. But. It's only the sixth episode, of obviously, Chisato gets away, largely unscathed. And uh, it's a group effort. Everybody goes to rescue her. And when they uh, realize that they don't have any other alternative to uh, stopping a guy from firing a rocket in their general direction. <laughs> Walnut makes the choice. All right, well, I guess I'm just going to have the drone fly right into his face. <laughs> Kamikaze drone attack. And drone oddly wins. convenient that that causes the guy to fire the rocket at Majima instead of them. <laughs> this... I'm going to say Majima does take a lot of abuse, actually. He really but does. He... I mean, deservedly so, but still. I don't know. It's, it seems like he kind of likes it. You make He's just built different. Point. You make a solid point. He probably does like it. He's just it. built different. He's fine. Yeah. But uh, he's, he's, he's definitely not content with... Letting Chisato go, he's he's definitely gonna try to get her, and we'll see where it goes from there. Oh yes, and uh, in the beginning of the episode, Takina mentioned that Chisato has been ducking her uh, medical exam again, <laughs> and it's at least implied that Chisato that Chisato was uh, avoiding it due to. Overindulgence. <laughs> mm. <laughs> Lots of yummy snacks on her table. Lots of yummy snacks. But she does go and see the the doctor at the A and get checked out for all the uh, injuries she sustained and also her regular checkup. And Takino went with her. Chisato says, all right. Well, I guess Takina, you and I should stay together all the time. You should, you should definitely keep living with me. And Takina's like, okay, I'll do that if you can beat me at rock paper scissors. Well, Chisato thinks she's got this in the bag, but before she can even think about what she's gonna do, Takina's like, and shoot. 
And then she wins and she does a little dance and I love it. It's so cute. It is very cute. <laughs> this show is very cute when it wants to be. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Good episodes. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, I know. Um this is gone from And it's my... only gonna get better from here. From my eh, I'm enjoying it. It's alright too. Yeah, this is a lot of fun. Yeah, I hope Kuro comes around on it. <laughs> Me too. But it's it's okay if she doesn't love it. But you gotta at least respect it. <laughs> so it's a fairly well crafted show so far. I agree. It's got a little something for everybody. Good good mm-hmm. good good times. Any additional observations, Laser? Uh, I think we pretty much well covered what I got in mind. Mm. Okay, okay, okay. So, without, you know, spoiling anything, any further commentary from you, Red? Uh, make sure y'all pay close attention to the Allen Institute thing, because obvi- obviously it's important, but that, that whole thing is definitely... Oh, a I, I really, really get, big uh, part of Chisato's character and I her philosophy. Get corrupt evil organization vibes off of it. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, just keep keep your eye on that and enjoy all the Majima that's going to be coming. Because oh boy, he's going to be he's going to be going bigger and bigger all the way up until the end. Oh boy. I don't know how I feel about that, because he's already done some pretty nasty things. Nah, you don't even know. Uh, You don't even know. Through uh, cultural osmosis, I am left to understand that he is quite the terrorist when he wants to be. Oh, yeah. And my... I mean, look, you you can't keep talking about that radio tower without... Something happening at that happened, radio yeah. tower. Well, no, I don't even mean that. I mean, Majima's probably going to do something involving the new radio tower. Yeah, I could see that. Just a hunch. Just keep watching. That's all I can say. <laughs> Watch this space. <laughs> all right. Well, I, I think that'll also, do it. Um, also, one more thing, of course, you know, like I know you guys are gonna absolutely enjoy talking to his growth throughout the series because she's not done growing yet. Hmm. And like, like once it hits its peak, you're probably gonna get hit in the feels. Ooh. Looking forward to it. Uh that said, I I do want to ask: Is there like a really Mizuki-centric episode? At some point, not really. Sadly Aww. enough. Oh man, Aww. I was hoping for that too. <sighs> Unfortunate. No justice in this world. <laughs> yes, I know, and I'm just as bummed about it as you are. Ah. Uh... Well, now I don't have the best excuse to have Jen come on, but 
Uh, hopefully I can find other reasons. <laughs> I mean, if she wants to come on, I don't know. I'm not, I don't need a particular reason. <laughs> she just come on and talk about the show. But, yeah, I mean, she likes the show. I'm pretty sure she'd be happy to talk about it. I hope so. I hope so. You know, if she's not busy, because she's been pretty busy lately. Ah, true. True. Folks, be busy. You, you have no idea how much harder it's gotten to get voice actors, like, at all. They're all so busy these days, which is good. I'm glad that they're working, and they're working a lot. Because, unfortunately, they have to work a lot, otherwise they don't get paid much. Yeah. Yeah. Especially if they're an anime. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Tough to pay them bills on anime rolls. Tough, tough, tough market. It seems that way, alas. Which it shouldn't we be, given the profit levels they have on those shows, but, you know. Oh, yeah, for sure. But... I mean, they don't even pay the lo- <laughs> the the translators and localizers that well. Insert, oh my gosh, localizers comment here. Ugh. <laughs> and oh my no gosh, Crunchyroll head talking about investing in AI translation. Oh, God. Excuse me? Why? No. Uh... Do not do that. That is a really bad idea. Because the reality Such a is cartoonishly evil company, I swear to God. It kind of uh, is. Oh man, the the total BS that they, they said in this one article. It's like, well, consumers demand that it be as soon as possible so we can circumvent piracy by releasing the shows faster. It's like you already no. do simulcasts. No. If you want oh, okay, you you're worried about piracy, be, be, let me help you out. Return the ad tier. <laughs> yeah. There exactly. you go. Problem solved. Return the ad tier and like improve your video player, cause my gosh. gosh. Yes, please. <laughs> At least more of the they shows are getting captions that whole thing. now. <laughs> like that whole thing about we want to circumvent piracy by by putting out the shows faster. Like I'm, I'm gonna keep it real with you, Chief. This ain't gonna make people forget the Crunchyroll originals. <laughs> yeah, uh, there is nope. that. No, no, no one's forgetting that. Nope. 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 After going so long without saying who's voicing Mob, they put it on full blast by having it in the booklet. Oh, jeez. Like, what? What are you doing? I just wanted a cast list, man. You don't have to... You don't have to do that. At least I'm, Wait, what I'm are they doing? Told- there, there's like a, a a a booklet that comes with the special edition that lists the English voices of the characters for the third season. Oh, yeah. They went from nobody gets to know this information to 
Now all of China knows. <laughs> that wasn't the best reference, but I was going for a Mulan thing, you know. I got it. I got it. <laughs> it's just, it's it's just mind boggling. Also, that took way too long to come out. And where is Chainsaw Man? Uh, right. I mean, I, I I bought it digitally for five dollars. I did the same thing. I even bought the Japanese one for five dollars because the dub and the sub do offer different experiences that I enjoy both. That is a good point. They do. It's it's one of the only shows I've bought digitally in both languages, actually. But I digress. It I just and where's the Konosuba movie? Which, oh, by the way, God. the Konosuba. Blu-ray steelbooks are going out of print from Discotech. Um, yeah, I totally count on Crunchyroll re-releasing Konosuba seasons one and two. Oh yeah, they totally do. Glad I already have them. Meanwhile, I'm still sitting here salty that freaking they took so long to release Bochi the Rock only to release it subbed only. Ugh. I know, right? Just, 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 At least they're why? starting to, to fill in their backlog sort of i mean we got we got campfire cooking how it's an anime of the year nominee how do you not dub it uh, same way they've not yet dubbed the the last several seasons of uh orphan and legend of galactic heroes stupidly yes i i do understand that i'm glad that they uh got around to dubbing um campfire cooking with my insane skill that's it's been a really fun show it has been fun i finally got around to it because the dub's there and i'm like yeah this is a good dub <laughs> jonas got his fellas too good yes he's 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 just benner beerus pretty much <laughs> but you know you know what they you, you you know they knew what they were doing oh absolutely we got this wolf character. Who should we get to voice him? Oh, maybe somebody who's an aficionado at voicing wolves. <laughs> maybe. Oh yeah, so you know, if, if there's hope for that, and you know, pl plenty of other things have actually gotten dubbed after the fact, but the fact that they released it on home video gives me like no hope they're ever gonna do that with Bochi, which sucks. Yeah. But also, because I just dislike uh, inconsistencies in my library, the fact that Fruits Basket, the new-ish version that came out in, what was it, 2017 it started? Yeah, that's uh, about right. So they released it in parts, and then they re-released Season 1 as a box set by itself, the, the 1 to 25 episodes. Guess what hasn't happened? The rest of the series is only available in parts! Oh my gosh. And the the collection set came out in like 2021. It's never going to happen. <laughs> I'm very annoyed. <laughs> Understandably so. Also because those parts are starting to get expensive to get. And this is another show that I bought for in bought seasons of it for five dollars they really want you to buy digital so that you don't actually own it oh hey but they are 
considering options for <laughs> not entirely ripping off people's digital libraries. Yeah, we'll give you a discount on our streaming service. Yeah, maybe if we feel like it. Yeah. Oh, they also said that they might maybe make it so you could get a version of one of the those shows from one of the platforms that still offers it, but really they're just going to lean hard into the discount on the subscription thing. Oh yeah, of course that's what they're going to do because then they can make some money off of you getting ripped off from them. Mm-hmm. Man, this is turning into a whole crunchy rule rant. There are uh, so many things! There are so, so many things. It's it's ridiculous. But thank you, Aniplex, for bringing us Licorice Recoil. I genuinely yeah. wish that you were the one that licensed Boshi instead of Crunchyroll because it is an Aniplex show. Uh, when we're talking about rather having Aniplex than Crunchyroll, you know we've gone to the wrong timeline. Oh, boy, no kidding. <laughs> I mean, I said this when um, that one Black Clover movie hit uh, Netflix. I'm like, wow, how are Netflix the good guys in this scenario? I know, right? All oh, you're not of the original cast back? Them. Yeah, bullshit. Yes, you are. Uh, all the original cast back, and they probably paid them more than Crunchyroll would have ever paid them. Because it's a union dub. And it even has Crispin Freeman and Steven Bloom in it. <laughs> Dang. Netflix be stunning. <laughs> Good job. good job on the anime lately, Netflix. I gotta say, good job. Yeah, they've actually been doing pretty good on that. have to agree. Actually doing some simulcasts. Astonishing. <laughs> it took them a long time, but they're finally getting it, kind of. At Better least for some shows. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, Netflix being the good guys, that... Was not on my bingo card several years ago. <laughs> it wasn't on my bingo card last year. <laughs> and, it wasn't ever on my bingo card. And uh, and, yeah. and and Disney kind of being the good guys at times. Not on my bingo card for anime. <laughs> yeah, we are in strange, strange times. I mean, those shows aren't coming out on physical media, but they are getting good union dubs, so... <laughs> we, we gotta... We gotta... Jeez. Huh, take, take what we can at this point, yeah. I mean, we, we got people predicting that physical media dies this year. Please don't. Please I don't, don't think it's gonna happen. die this year, but... Not this year, but... Maybe within five, I can definitely yeah, imagine it. Yeah, that's about what I'd say. Microsoft, what you doing having limited run release a game for you? Because I don't have to pay the money. It's great. Limited uh, run, why are you working with Microsoft? You're supposed to be an indie thing. Yeah. Uh, I understand why Microsoft's doing it. They're saving their money. They're, they're happy with that. Yeah. <sighs> What money are they saving? They they don't even be making games no more. I know, right? <laughs> I mean, they didn't fairness, already laid out like two thousand people in. In, in the fairness, old... is is Sony making games right now? I think all we got left is Nintendo. Yeah, they're um, 
not much of an output in this uh, last year of the Switch. <laughs> yeah, One game, well, I, mean, I got... don't know why I bought a PS5 with no games to buy. Yeah, at least we had a good game right off of the Switch last year. <laughs> Mario Wonder, Zelda, Mario RPG Remake, which makes old man me happy. Mm-hmm. I mean, don't get me wrong, I am excited for most of the games that Nintendo's putting out this year. Yeah, because no, I right, like those is, kinds of games. It is absolutely a smaller year for everybody. At least I think mm-hmm. Nintendo has the excuse of we're getting the Switch too soon. Yeah. Hopefully. The only real excuse is still no Metroid Prime 4. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know that shit coming out on Switch too. <laughs> oh yeah, 100%. That, that and probably the next Mario Odyssey. Well, yeah. I honestly hope so because there are some first party Nintendo games that are really chugging on the Switch lately. <laughs> yeah, they really it's need their, to get that their, Switch 2 out. ASAP. They're, they're hitting the limitations of this thing. I mean, thing turns seven years old next month. Yep. Actually, not even next month, in about a week. So, yeah. It's... Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, it's been a healthy run. I mean, the thing's pretty much perfect for playing older games, but if you want to play new-ish powered games, you just can't do it. Can't yeah, it's do good it. for older games, but they don't have the fucking virtual console, bastards. Oh, uh, God, don't remind me. Oh, Lord. I'm just talking about how it's nice that they have ports of games that came out on the PS2, the Xbox, the 360. You know, it'd be nice if they have GameCube games, you know? Like on Virtual Console. Yes. I mean, yeah, that would be Don't even get me started on GameCube! Why why haven't you ported F-Zero GX? Well, it seems like they just forgot the GameCube even exists. Like, oh, that was a thing? (laughs) For the most part. I mean... We, we we still don't have uh, HD Wind Waker Twilight Princess on Switch. Well, I, yeah. Yeah. You can get them on the Wii U, except for they shut down the eShop! <laughs> oh, 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 the company that makes games. I hate Nintendo, the corporation. Amen. That's definitely a mood. <laughs> definitely, definitely a mood. Oh, boy, we got it. all over the place. We did. <laughs> yep. TLDR, fuck, fuck Crunchyroll and Nintendo. <laughs> and Microsoft. And Microsoft and Sony. And Sony. Sony as a whole. As a whole, because, yeah, they're they're also responsible for these other problems. Yeah. So many problems. (laughs) Anyways, yeah, I think we done talked about shit. We can end this now. Uh, Yeah. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah, we got the important stuff out of the way. And there was already a prior topic about this. This is just going to be a longer podcast <laughs> it happens you know yeah i might actually trim some of this out <laughs> i would not blame you if you did 
<laughs> you know. I would say make it a Patreon extra, but, you know, y'all don't even use that shit. I don't know why Paul started it. <laughs> for his for his wrestling show, obviously. Oh, God. Actually, I have been contemplating maybe... Maybe putting some never-before-released episodes on the Patreon. <laughs> but I don't like doing that kind of thing. <laughs> I'd rather just... But... But but the thing is, I don't want to throw off our current weekly schedule by doing something in the backlog. Is <laughs> and there is an off-topic podcast that I really want to release, but I, I just can't. I just, there's too much going on. <laughs> well, that's better than the old problem we had. Yeah, I'll take too much over too little any day. True, true, very much so. But yeah, that's uh, that's all, all of that. I suppose we should probably uh, do do the business. <laughs> Let me get the document open. <laughs> right. You can email us at podcast at tsunamifaithful.com. You can follow us on facebook.com backslash tsunamifaithfulpodcast and on Twitter at tsunamipodcast. You can listen to the podcast on just about everything, including Apple Podcasts, CastBox, Deezer, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Overcast, PodBay, Podbean, Podcast Addict, Radio.com, Spotify, and the TuneIn app. You can find every episode of the podcast to stream online at soundcloud.com backslash Toonami Faithful Podcast. And get the latest news by following at Toonami News on Twitter and read the news, views, and reviews on ToonamiFaithful.com. Amp, tell us where they can find you. Uh, I have a Twitter account that I don't really use much anymore because the website sucks now. But I am still sort of there as a ghost on at Ampren Let's Ride. Um, if you hopped on to the new social media network that's all the craze right now, Blue Sky, you can find me on Ampren.bsky.social. I got a SoundCloud account for music, which is uh, just search up Ampren on there. And you can also find me on YouTube with some video edits on Alien Renegade videos or more of my music under Amperin. Thank you, sir. And Laser, tell them where they can find you. Well, you can find me on Twitter at LaserKidPrime. You can find me on the wonderful font, um, Dead Land of Blue Sky, where we need to post more, at LaserKid. And, of course, you can find my uh, editorials on Toonong Faithful right here. All right. You can find me on Twitter at Sketch1984 and also on Blue Sky, Sketch1984. And uh, since there was a whole group of other people in the previous uh, part of the podcast that didn't really drop their stuff, uh, I'll just go ahead and do that for them. And that would be, you could find Mr. Durrell at Ukami underscore Samurai7 on Twitter. You can find Duelist at Heart of Sword 75 on Twitter. And you can find Mr. Fascrillo at Paul Fascrillo also on Twitter. 
thought I'd do that for them. Because <laughs> we had a wonderful conversation about Nijikamui, which uh, was quite enjoyable. And I hope you listeners enjoyed our special IGPX episode that Kuro and I did with Jose. I, I think it was a banger of an episode, and I, I hope you listen to it. And if you haven't, it's right up there to listen to. You should, you should give it a listen. We talk about season one. Try not to talk too much about season two, you know, to, to keep it fresh for people who haven't actually seen it. And also talk about the process of bringing IGPX to Blu-ray and back to Toonami Broadcast in HD. Which, as you can understand, was quite the undertaking. Like, he's, he was literally chipping away at working on this for like 10 years, people. <laughs> Not all at once, of course. And he's, he was a busy guy. He had a, multiple jobs. <laughs> so, But we hope you enjoyed that conversation. We hope you enjoyed this conversation. And uh, there, there will be plenty more. <laughs> I'm trying to keep up with the weekly release schedule. I'm also trying to release specifically on Thursdays. We'll see how long I can manage to do that. So hopefully this episode came out on a Thursday and the next episode will come out on a Thursday, but well, you know, things happen. <laughs> We're actually recording this on Tuesday. I recorded the previous section on Monday, so I think I'll be able to pull it off, but if not, Friday, maybe Saturday, um, uh, probably, probably Friday. But I'm shooting for Thursday this time. I'm I'm really shooting for it. Because I would imagine that consistency would really help people out. Just Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. It's a theory. A podcast theory. I mean, as much time as we spend recording these things week to week, I think, you know, hour plus long podcasts are probably a little difficult to get through in just a week. <laughs> Depending on the individual. You know, some folks have commutes, some don't. Some like to listen to it while they play a game or read or whatever. You know. However you like to consume our podcast is okay with me and the rest of us at Toonami Faithful and Toonami Faithful Associates. <laughs> I don't even know why I said that. <laughs> but, again, we hope you have been enjoying the podcast and you will continue to enjoy it and be sure to share it with your friends if you think they would be interested because we would love to have their listenership as well so until next time we're punching out assassins and tigers and bears and underwear oh my <laughs> <laughs>